Hello, ladies. I am Angela Morris. I am from Orlando, Florida, in the U.S. of A. I'm excited and I'm delighted to be with you today to share on this podcast. I was asked by uh, Sister Salome to share, and I was thinking about something I wanted to share, but I remember, uh, I guess about a year ago, I had to speak, and the name of the, or the theme they had was called uh, Walking in Victory. And I thought to myself, walking in victory, hmm, what better way to walk in victory than to share my victorious journey of my victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. I'd like to share a scripture with you today. That scripture is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4. And it reads, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. And with that being said, uh, I thought it would be very befitting uh, to share uh, here in the U.S., the month of October is set aside as Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I thought I would share my victorious journey because I was um, a breast cancer patient. But now I am today a five-year cancer survivor. So today I'm going to share notes from my daily journal. I The Lord really laid on my heart to chronicle or to write about my entire experience. It was very, very lengthy. But of course, I won't go into all of that today. But I just want you to know what the Lord Jesus did for me on that journey, through that journey. And now I'm on the other side of cancer. So about, I guess, let's think about, um, I think, July 2014. I had to go in for my, you know, my routine mammogram and and, and and having that mammogram, the doctors needed to just take a little closer. So an ultrasound was, you know, was ordered. No problem, just routine. But then after the ultrasound was done, I was then referred to a breast cancer doctor who did a biopsy. I said, okay. So believe, before leaving her office, she said, well, the results will be in next Friday. So, so bring someone with you because it looks like cancer. And I cannot tell you the look on my face. And she probably saw the puzzling and the, 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 the bewilderment on my face because I said, who does that? Well, you have to know my doctor. This was Dr. Teshpar. Her specialty was breast cancer. And I think back now, and I said, well, I'm sure she said that to me because breast cancer is her specialty. She has an idea of what it looks like. But I was not going on that. So. So the following morning, I the following Friday, a week now has passed, that following Friday, I prepared for work as usual. I did my morning devotion, I got dressed, and I proceeded to school. So I'm on the highway, and I'm just traveling down the road, and just out of the blue, I see a vision. I have an open vision of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it really caught me off guard. And just like that, just as quickly as it came, it disappeared. Okay, didn't think anything of it. Matter of fact, I didn't think about it anymore that day. 
And on the way home, I mean, I, w- I went on to work, had a very, very busy day. My principal uh, urged me, Angela, you need to go home so you can relax and be ready for your appointment this afternoon. And so I did. I chose to leave a little early so I can, you know, get prepared for my, um, you know, for my appointment. Well, on the way home, the vision of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane appears again. Now I say, okay, now God, now this is the second time in one day. What are you saying? This time I took note of it. And, but now I am now stopped at the robot. They call them robots there in South Africa, but I'm stopped at the traffic light. And I felt such a, I cannot tell you what I felt in my spirit, but I said to the Lord, I said, God, during this process and you know the whole time you know from um the the time i had the biopsy up until this day i had not really asked anything of the lord but this is what i said to him said to him sitting there at the traffic light i said god i've not asked anything of you but if it be thy will let this cup pass from me And I sat there and immediately I heard a no echoing in my spirit. No, you must walk through this. I tell you, I was totally shocked. I cried all the way home. Well, when I got home, I didn't share the vision with my husband. I just went on and prepared, you know, to prepare, you know, prepare to go on to the doctor's office. So we left for the doctor, still believing and trusting God for a negative outcome of the results. So now we're sitting in the doctor's office and she's very patient with us and she's going through the report and she's talking about, you know, uh, the, the diagnosis. And I'm just kind of looking at her, not really paying close attention, but then she just uh, just a matter of factly said, well, yeah, it's cancer. And then she proceeds to talk about um, what we needed to do, what treatment plan we needed to do. She talked about the possibility of a tummy tuck. She talked about the possibility of not, uh, of, of, she talked about breast reconstruction. But I'm just sitting there in awe. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. And I said to her, I said, Dr. Teshpar, I've been getting mammograms since I was 40 years old. I have never missed an appointment. How do I go from last year? Absolutely nothing. Clear. Perfect mammogram. And this year you're telling me I have two lumps? Her response to me, well, Angela, it happens. I was not hearing that. The... An, uh, an MRI later revealed it was actually stage three breast cancer. I got in my car with my husband. I sat in total silence all the way home. What was there to say? I felt so numb. I could not wrap my mind around a cancer diagnosis. I got home. I went into my library. I guess it was about five in the afternoon. I just sat there and I cried. I cried and I prayed. I cried and I prayed some more until finally I fell asleep. When I woke up, it was totally dark in my house. So I got up 
And then I realized I was not having a nightmare. This was not a dream and nothing had changed. You see, it was so difficult to wrap my mind, my brain around the cancer diagnosis. But you know, I knew that God was my only source. He knows all things. So I got up. I went into the family room, turned on the light. I looked up to heaven. I said, okay, God, I'm not trying now. Listen, I am not trying to be deep, wonderful, and spiritual. But because I knew that I could not walk this walk without him, I had to solely rely on him. So I had to ask him. I said, okay, God, so if this is the path you have set before me, what is our next plan of action? I didn't ask him what was his plan. I didn't ask him what was my plan. I want to know what was our plan of action. Hallelujah. I watched as the Lord moved time and time again. My sister sent me a poem that became my champion poem throughout my journey. And it read, Father, this, this valley seems so deep and so dark, but by faith, I choose to trust you as my shepherd. Empower me to be all you created me to be. Let me say that again. Father, this valley seems so deep and so dark, but by faith, I choose to trust you as my shepherd. Empower me to be all you created me to be. Amen. You see, God also sent me an angel by the name of May Arrington to help me to adjust and to wrap my mind around this entire process. You see, Mary Arrington was a nurse. And as I sit here and I think back 30, 35 years ago, this same angel came to my bedside when I, well, when they thought, I, I think I was hemorrhaging at the time and and I was having such a very difficult time. And they thought I was having a stroke. And I'm home now. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. But she sat beside me at my bedside. She prayed for me. She fed me when I could not feed myself. And this same angel is now at my bedside again, 30, 35 years later. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. But she said to me, she said, Sister Angie, she calls me Sister Angie. She said, I need to pray for you. And as she began to pray, she said, Lord, help Sister Angie to submit to your will. And she began to say and pray some other things, but I didn't hear any of that. Because all I heard was her submitting to God's will. And now I'm kind of peeping at her out of one eye. And I'm thinking to myself, submit to his will? God, is this your will for my life. And then I had to understand I was not submitting to the cancer. I was submitting to God's will and the journey that he was about to, that I was embarking on. And I had to trust him. But even with all of that, I said, okay, God, submit to your will. Okay, I'll do that. But guess what? It was easier said than done. I did choose to have a second opinion and after getting the second opinion it was the same as the first total mastectomy of the left side i reluctantly 
had a mastectomy and I did choose breast reconstruction. I had eight chemotherapy treatments and 25 radiation treatments. And with my um, chemotherapy treatments, each treatment was harder and harder to pull through. And I remember asking the doctor, I said, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Why, 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 why? I just feel like I'm, feel, I'm getting worse and worse. She said, Angela, the chemo is cumulative in your body. So therefore, you know, when I have the first side effect, it doesn't go away. Then I have a second one and a third one, and they just compile themselves in my body. And it was so, so difficult. I think around about the fifth or the sixth treatment, I was having such a difficult time. My doctor says to me, Angela, we can stop the treatments. I said, absolutely not. I said, because if we stop them at some point in time, we have to continue. So let's continue even now. So so now I'm going through my uh, chemotherapy treatments. And I remember asking the the nurse uh, that was, you know, that got me hooked up with my IV and all that. I said to her, I said, well, why are you all giving me so many steroids? I just don't understand why so many steroids. And she said, Angela, we have to give you this dose of, uh, these doses of steroids because it helps protect your internal organs. But the steroids kept me up. I was just as hyper as I wanted to be for about two days. But guess what happened? After those steroids worked their way through my body, I had what you call a chemo crash. Yeah, a chemo crash. So sick, so fatigued, no appetite. Initially, it would take from three, sometimes four days to recover. And then eventually it was five to seven days. Just, just imagine just being in the bed five to seven days. I just didn't expect to experience any of this. The side effects of chemo were absolutely unbelievable. I said, God, I'm saved. I'm Holy Ghost filled. Must I suffer through this? But then I went back to what he said to me at the very beginning when he said that I must walk through this. And I understand now that I had to walk that particular journey because I would not be able to sit here and share with you or anybody else what chemo can and will do to you if I had not experienced it. Would I go through it again? Would I want to do it? Absolutely not. But I still trust God. So you need to know that even though the side effects, when I tell you the side effects were unbelievable. I mean, from the loss of all my bodily hair to mouth sores in my mouth, from uh, from rashes all over my body to neuropathy in my hands and feet. And by the way, the neuropathy in my hands and feet are still with me six years out. Hallelujah. Going through the radiation was not as difficult as the chemotherapy. I just simply suffer from, you know, extreme fatigue. But I remember when I had my 25th treatment, I got to ring the bell. And I remember my doctor saying, now, Angela, even though the treatments are over, the side effects would continue. But I'm thinking, got this made in the shade. I was using the aloe vera on my breast. And I was using all these things, you know, to preserve, you know, the skin, the area that was being radiated. I just want you to know in one week's time, my breast turned B-L-A-C-K. Yes, black. 
my skin is 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 fair it's fair it's rather light and to watch my skin turn black as if it had been cooked or fried and then on top of that i had blisters that formed on the breast and they opened up and my breast was oozing it was just it was just a sight and if i had not had my husband to take pictures of it i would not have believed it myself but god is still good today i have no remnants no sight of that i mean i healed up very very well you know from the from the scarring so but what I do understand today, and I understood then when I was going through chemo, what I, what, I, what I was experiencing was that with every chemo treatment that I had, it appeared to have been harder and harder to push into the presence of God. I was having to, to deal with the, the side effects of the chemo and still trying to do my morning devotion and still trying to serve my Lord. It was harder and harder. It got harder and harder to push into God's presence. But, oh, I want you to know, I pushed and pushed until I got where he was. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to know that some of those treatments made me sensitive to light. Some of them made me sensitive to sound. I was so sick, so sick, so fatigued. There were days I couldn't pray. There were days I couldn't talk. All I could do was just think, Jesus. And I remember saying in my head, Lord Jesus, you told me that there was power in your name. You told me there's power in your name. There's healing in your name. I said, God, I can't even say your name. So I could only just think the name of Jesus. But I pushed and I pushed because I wanted to be where he was. And I understood that if I could just get to where he was, guess what? I would have peace. I would have no pain. And sometimes getting to where he was simply meant just falling asleep. And for that, I was so grateful. So through the pain, through the nausea, through the fatigue, through it all, I never gave up on the Lord. I knew he was my only source. Hallelujah. Now, the word of God is full of men and women of God who gave of themselves for God's glory. Let me say that again. In the word of God, in the Bible that we read, there were men and women of God who gave themselves for God's glory. Because they too wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, let's see. Remember Jeremiah? Mm -hmm. Jeremiah was the prophet to Israel during one of her darkest periods of rebellion. He was called the weeping prophet because that's what he did. He wept. He wept at the condition of the people, the depravity of their faith. And he was so distraught that guess what? A book was named after him, not after him, but was entitled that he wrote Lamentations. But in all that he went through, guess what? He considered the work of God and he remembered what God was capable of doing. And this scripture, I love, I love, I love this scripture because just like Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3, I look at myself and I make it personal. And then I say, this 
I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is that faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when I'm feeling a little down, when there's distress and distraught in my life, this is what I say to myself. Lamentations 3, this I recall to my mind. In other words, God brought it back to my memory. So guess what? Now I have hope because it is of the Lord's mercies that I am not consumed because his compassions failed not because they're new just for me. They're new for me every morning. Great is the faithfulness of my God. Hallelujah. So today, ladies, I want to not only leave you with hope, but I want to give you hope. When I was a little girl, my mom used to sing, and I used to hear it a lot in my church, this song. And today I understand now what that song really, really means. And it says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus's blood and righteousness. I wish I could sing. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus's name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So you see, I want to encourage you to trust the Lord our God with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He will direct any path and every path and every journey that you will embark upon. Glory to God. Just know that God can and he has the last say in not just some, not just a few, not just many, but in every situation. Say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. So just think about this. Remember this. When you cannot see God's hand, you can trust his heart. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. Just know that God will always be there. When you can't see God's hand moving and working in your situation, just know he has your best interest in mind. You know why? He promised to never leave us, never to forsake us. So remember, when you can't see God's hand, you can trust his heart. Amen. In walking through this cancer diagnosis, I sat and I thought, I said, well, God, you know, this, this theme that, uh, that I'm, I'm building upon is called walking in victory. And so ladies, I'm sharing with you my victorious journey, walking in victory. And you ask yourself, well, well, God, well, how does God equip us to walk in victory. Angela Mars, how were you able to even do all of that? How were you able to walk through a cancer diagnosis, through chemotherapy, through radiation, through the sickness, through the fatigue? How were you able to do that? I want you to know, ladies, God wants us to live a life of faith and a life of victory. 
He knows that we will face trials and temptations of many, many kind. So he gave us his word. He gave us his word to teach us about him and teach us how to act as believers. So let me tell you some ways that God can equip you to walk in victory. These aren't all the ways. I just want to give you a few. If you will read God's word, if you would memorize God's word, if you would obey God's word, and if you would share God's word, then you will have some of the tools to equip you to walk in victory. Hallelujah. Because you see, you won't be living under, you'll then be living under God's authority, not your own. You won't be walking in your own authority. You'll be walking in the authority that God has given you, his authority. So when you spend time in God's word, you will discover like King David did in the in, in Psalms 119-105 when he said, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hallelujah. Now, there are some more victory scriptures I want to share with you. Um, Deuteronomy 20 and 4. That's the my, my scripture that I started out with. That said, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you what? Victory. Hallelujah. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Victory. Glory to God. And then there's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that says, that says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way of, to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Then there's John chapter 16, verses, I mean, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But think about this, people. Ladies, listen. That scripture also says, in this world, you will have trouble. You're not going to be able to escape it, ladies. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. But the latter part of that scripture says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Glory to God. Then there's uh, one more scripture I want to share with you. It's from uh, God's word. It says, it's, a, it's, a, it's the, uh, the power of God's word. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now that scripture is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Now remember, ladies, you want to equip yourself by doing what? Reading, memorizing, obeying, and yes, and sharing God's word. Now remember in the book of Matthew where Jesus was tempted by the devil? Can you imagine Jesus being tempted by the devil? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And after that, he was hungry. He was physically and he was emotionally at his weakest point. That was when the devil came to tempt him. 
You see, that's one of the ploys of the enemy. He waits until we are at our most vulnerable, you know, when we are at a vulnerable point before he strikes. So here's the devil. The devil tempted Jesus by commanding him to turn stones into bread. But what was Jesus' response? It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hmm. The devil still wasn't finished. So he also says, well, he told Jesus by throwing himself off the highest point of the temple. You know, throw, throw yourself off and make God save you. And then God, I mean, then Jesus responds and says again, it is written. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him, Massa. And then the third thing, here's the devil, by offering him all the kingdoms of the world. Can you imagine? He already had everything, but here's the devil trying to offer him all the kingdoms of this world. And what did Jesus say? For it is written, ye shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What did Jesus use on him? Rather than argue or debate with the devil, Jesus simply quoted what? God's word. Because God's word is truth. The devil cannot deny truth or overcome it. Three times Jesus replied, it is written. And then he quoted a passage from the Old Testament. Isn't that something? Unbelievable, unbelievable indeed. Now, now, there are three lessons that I want you to take away with you from this particular encounter that shows the need for you to be equipped with the authority of God's word. Very important that we know how to use the word of God so we can walk in victory. There are three. Lesson one, you must recognize that you cannot fight sin alone. No, you can't do it by yourself. Even Jesus needed the strength and wisdom of God's word. Jesus responded by speaking what? He responded by speaking the truth. Hallelujah. Lesson two. You must submit yourself to the authority of God's word. You cannot fight your spiritual enemies by your own authority. You don't have any authority. But when you appeal to God's word, then you stand by the greatest authority. One that has no equal. And number three, the devil knows God's word and he will twist it to lie to you. So be careful. He will try to use God's words incorrectly in an effort to trick you and to fool you. That's why the word of God says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That scripture is found in 2 Timothy 2 and 5. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So again, I ask you ladies, how does God equip us to walk in victory? What were the four things that I named at the very beginning of this? You remember? Sure you do. You are equipped as you what? Number one. That's right. Read God's word. Number two, that is correct. Memorize God's word. Number four, I'm sorry, three, that is correct. Obey God's word. And number four, yes, 
share the word of God. We are equipped as we read, memorize, obey, and share the word of God. I made a badge because the theme that I was working on was called Walking in Victory. And I made it because of what God has done in my life. You see, I said earlier, I am a five-year cancer survivor, and I give all praise and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, on the back of this particular badge, I you know, wore it on my neck, um, is, a, is a proclamation of faith and victory. A proclamation of faith and a proclamation of victory. And this is what it reads. Uh, the title of uh, title of it is called I Am. And it reads, I am the daughter of a king. I am a new creation. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am God's masterpiece. I am forgiven. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am more than a conqueror. And I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. So today, ladies, as we, uh, as I finish this podcast, I want you to remember that God can and God will see you through any and every situation in your life. I took one of my dark moments and I named it my victorious journey. And now it has been six years since my first diagnosis, but I am a five-year cancer survivor. And again, for that, I give God glory. It has been a pleasure sharing with you. I pray that your hearts receive what thus saith the Lord, uh, my testimony in what God can and what he will do. And let me just close with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for what you've done in my life. Lord, I thank you for the ladies or even men, God, that are listening to this podcast. And I pray, Father, that you would go deep down in their hearts, penetrate their hearts. Lord, may this word take root in their heart, in their spirit. God, help them to equip themselves, Father, to walk in victory. God, understand that we must read, we must memorize, we must obey, and we must share your word. Because in doing all of that, God is to share who you are. And for that, we give you glory. And again, Father, as we celebrate in the month of October, Breast Cancer Awareness, Father, we know many, many women have the testimony of a victorious journey. But God, we know there are some that don't make it. But Father, we thank you for those that have. And we pray for the families of those that did not make it, God, that you would bless even the more in Jesus' name. Amen. evening or should I also say good morning good afternoon or just a friendly hello from me Salome Jacobs and thank you for joining me right here into the garden and the title of my story is if we own the story and it's not even strange to me because you know what I have a surprise today. I have a guest speaker. All the way from Orlando, Florida. She's a dear friend of mine, a soul sister. She's Angela Morris. 
So after I read my story, the next voice you hear will be that of Angela Morris. So I hope that you will stay on, that you'll stay tuned to our two segments. And the inscription of If We Own the Story reads as follows. If we own the story, then we can write the ending. Hey there, Georgie girl. There's another Georgie deep inside. Nobody could see the hurt in you, the anguish in you. So deep, I tell you, there's an oasis waiting to unravel. Life, what is it? If you ask me, it's the intricate details of pain, sorrow, hope, faith, love and hate, of how structured or cohesive the plan of solitude is. Its pathways are hardly easy, but filled with hardships, treachery, indecision, nor here or there. Am I going hitherto or thitherto, I ask myself. Besides, all roads have to lead to somewhere, someone. Complexity of the vast patterns, scenarios, its twists and turns, narrow escapes, sweet and sour, yet each season and voyage is never the same, is it? Well, unless you haven't learned the lesson, then duplication is a given. It's a far cry from the methodology of a cry, a sing, a dance, a try, a miss. Sometimes methods of others might not work for you. For you are given your own path less travel. Suffice to say, we become scared, hesitant or restrained to change and many a time take things at face value. So when a situation arises, you might speak up to voice an opinion or concern. But no matter the hows, the whys, respect is so important yet overlooked. So as I rewrite another story, on a new canvas, this too has its many avenues filled with stoplights, dead ends, roundabouts and discretion. The road we journey on might not be for the faint-hearted and therefore many depart at different stations. The ending is how well you write your own story. You begin to own it, walk it, honour it, praise it and value it. Changes come and go. People enter like seasons, either leaving a footprint or a question mark. Conflicts arise whether you're innocent or not, but makes one stronger and wiser. Homes change for living arrangements are prone to dictatorship and greed. Help is extended, but behind help comes ulterior motives. Slavery is rampant and destitute of society is isolated to seclusion. Which category do you fit in? Which category do I fit in? I ask myself. Sharing is good, thanks, but what is a haven? A haven for stability, to be called your own, your humble abode, not a concentration camp that set traps or tatty tales so madam and master can look good. Greed, jealousy and envy is the order of the day. So this is my song, my serenade, my ensemble, my escape, by speed to you, for I go where I'm celebrated and not deflated. 
This surely is my life, and I don't give a hoot of lost emotions nor tales of fury. For life is a coin, flip it, heads or tails, and the honest is on you. How you and I journey on this road could be with fault or default, rough or ruin, brick or stone. What would I have to do to get to your life? Chase it, embrace it, run away from it, run to it. Life can be oh so complicated at times, but thank you for mentoring priceless lessons lived and learned. So real as you are, the ending is just that, an escape, an undocumented script, a glimpse into the life of an everyday storyline. So whether your role be monarch, patriarch, victim, vigilante, hero or dictator, each storyline differs. An ending left to you to alter the transcript of plot or scheme. No matter how many lemons you and I encounter, make sweet lemonade, a dollop of sugar and the mystery of life to live, endure and smile. Like many stalwarts, pioneers before me, I, you would like to live a legacy. Yes, that might seem a tall order, but it can be done. This book called Life is full of I know, he know, she know, we know, they know, somebody mystery. Believe me when I say watch your nemesis, for the eyes of March are upon you. Look up and ask, strive to do and be the difference. Can things change? Of course they can. If I, you, are willing to become the change we want to say in this world, wake up, get up. Dress up, look up, own up, rewrite up, so from the Father's heart to yours and mine, live up, treasure up, receive up, and end allowing me to show up so you can serve and reveal up what I have done for you up. Begin, for your time is now, to be open to the change that awaits your precious up. L for long lasting, I for ignite, employ, and V for value. And envy is the order of the day. E, yet to be expectant, exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. And so it is, so shall it be. So thank you for joining me. Wherever you are, near or far, perhaps you're in the coffee shop, at the airport, in the kitchen, or simply tuning in from the office. To all the hearers out there, thank you. So stay tuned for another dollop of inspirational, motivational soul poetry right here with me, Salome Jacobs. So until next time, do take care as you open yourself up and await the testimony of Angela Morris. So do take care. Until next time, we meet again, same time, same place, right here, enter the garden.
Oh. Uh-huh.